Hello everybody and welcome to episode 119 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is... Hi, this is Chris Vint here. And we're time travelling right now. We are time travelling. We're going to go forward in time. We're going to go forwards to go back. But we are going to go back in time. To go forwards. It's a whole complicated mess. Let's just stay where we are, because sometimes, you know... You gotta go forwards, go back. All that, all that stuff that came out of Comic Con was really cool, wasn't it? it was, especially, see, whenever said uh, about that, oh my god, I near myself. And uh, is going to be in an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, he is, <laughs> or she. <laughs> da da da. <laughs> Take your guesses, everybody, mm-hmm. when this was recorded. Um, but yes, uh, this is an episode that has kind of been sprung upon me. We did have something originally in mind for this episode. But Chris said this afternoon, leave this with me. And I was like, right, okay. So I left it with him. And he came back and says, okay, I've got something for uh, episode 119 this evening. And I was like, all right, cool. And he was like, I'm not telling you. Yeah, I'm not. T- I didn't want to tell you. But we. So do excuse, folks, but I'm completely in the dark right now. So we'll be talking about anniversaries. Like um, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the 30th anniversary of Die Hard. I went on to, there's a website I found, Den of Geek, where I was able to find video game anniversaries. So I've wrote down, obviously there's ones that, you know, some games like Master of Ryan, and I actually thought I said Master of Onion, and I was going to say, what's that game? So I didn't write down these ones. I heard but it had many layers. I heard so too. I, I heard that he made the, I heard he made the unofficial sequel in Parappa Rappa as a Chop Chop Onion Man. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I thought I would take a note of the most important ones. Now, we're going to go from five years to... There's one at 40, and there's a couple at 35 years. So, um, Alan has no idea what I've wrote on this piece of paper. So, um, this episode is probably going to be 30 minutes to 45 minutes of me going, Wow. Yeah. Is that that old? <laughs> How do you feel, Chris, with it being that That's old? Amazing. Were you around then? Was TV colour then? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> what way would you like to do this, Alan? Would you like to start with the the older ones or start with the newer ones and work our way forwards or work our way backwards? I think we may as well go new to old because okay. then uh, the potentially the bigger shocks will okay. come towards the end of the show. What we can also do as well is if any of these... Now, these are all anniversaries that are celebrated this year. Like So these may have been released in North America, but regardless, we'll still be the same really yeah, yeah, for I here. So if there's any of these that you want to talk about in a future episode, let me know and I will mark them. Okay. Um, so we will start off with, we have five years, okay? Okay. So we have, I want to put this up here because I don't want you looking through the piece of paper. I'm not that good. So five years ago, the PS4 was released. Seriously? Battlefield 4. See, I'm already starting. I know. I'm already I starting. That's what. Like, wow, five years ago. <laughs> really? Oh my goodness. I'll wait until you get the 35 years. <laughs> no, exactly. So we had the PS4. We had Battlefield 4. Right. We had Gears of War Judgment. Uh-huh. Now, I remember that. Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah. The Last of Us. Okay. And this is one that really surprised me. Pokemon X and Y. Seriously? Yeah. That's so weird. Anyone doing the seriously <laughs> kind? Of, that's that's say, somebody out there have a clicker for this. Ser- seriously or really or oh my yeah, or yeah. stuff. Anything of that variety. So folks. I was um, I was really surprised about the Pokemon X and Y this, one. This, this is the sort of episode that if I had 
if if you never know down the line I may go for something like this mind we don't have a lot of space for this sort of thing but if I had a soundboard I'd probably have like a ding button yeah so it's just like anytime I say something like a ding um Last of Us will definitely save for another day so I will uh, consider number oh, two's number yeah. two will be coming out in the not so distant future okay so. what we're going to do then is for each topic bar the 20th anniversary because it has the most an- an- anniversary for 5th 10th uh, 5th, 10th and 15th you're allowed to pick two from it alright okay. okay so The Last of Us is going to be one okay. and then so you can either so, so read out the rest Gears of War Judgment Grand Theft Auto 5 Pokemon X and Y Battlefield 4 or the PS4 um, I'm happy enough to generally talk about most of those to be honest like so it is because most of them are kind of very franchise stop looking at, I'm the looking at them I'm actually not I'm just staring in that general direction um Pick one you want to talk about first, then. I think we will go with... I think we'll go with Grand Theft Auto. Okay, Grand Theft Auto. Um, we could talk about... Well, it leaves The Last of Us to land, but if you want to talk about... In fact, no, we'll talk about Pokemon X and Y because it was our first 3DS experience. Okay, yeah. So we'll talk about That's that. That's cool. Um, I think first thing that comes to mind is something that we've done quite a bit since uh, <laughs> we started working together and getting to know each other. Uh, is any time there was a fresh Pokemon that came out, there would always be, right, dead for release, right, we're meeting up and we're doing the whole starter Pokemon trick. Yeah. So I was like, right, okay, so someone's dedicated to starting the game, getting the Pokemon, and someone is like the, uh, to use Nintendo's terminology, the Pokemon bank. <laughs> so they are, so someone be, would have all of the starter Pokemon traded to them, and then all the final restarts would be done, and the rest of the starter Pokemon would be traded back. So it and that would be an evening. Mm-hmm. So what I remember that help I, us when it comes out in the switch. <laughs> I remember that happening quite prominently with X and Y. There yep. was Yumi and Natalie. Just now don't there. forget the Pokemon X and Y. We got a week before it was on general release. Remember that yes. was remember that was the time that we were allowed to buy it early, and it was out in the Friday and it came on the Tuesday, and we were asked if we could buy it early, and then we met up on that Tuesday night, yeah, and then we started playing it. We weren't allowed to take our DSs online at that stage. Um, because the thing hadn't been released, so we weren't allowed to post anything. I think Twitter was really in its infancy around then that we weren't as prevalent then as we are now using it. But I just remember you sitting there and me pressing a blooming A button because of all that text. If you could just skip talking. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want. I just want to go catch a Pokemon and then give it to Alan and then get a Rattata in exchange for it. Yes, Rattata. Because that's what your job was, go to the Pokemon bank. Uh, Pokemon Center trade get uh, balls and then go and catch the Excuse filth. Excuse me, <laughs> go and get catch the filth to trade for yeah. that, you know. So, yeah, one of us would be well, I, th- I think there's two of us starting the games and getting the Pokemon and going, yeah. but then you'd have to spend the time of getting catching the rubbish Pokemon yeah. to trade mm-hmm. back. Which, as you said, that time was mainly Rattata's Pidgeys and any sort of uh, war- war- wormy Pokemon, yeah. Uh, so it was, but um. That's, it's weird to think that X and Y is already five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is considering, of course, we're getting uh, Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu this year. And then next year we're getting properly uh, the next generational game for Pokemon, which is exciting. Simply, if you go by the graphics that you can see in Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu at the moment, yeah. seeing that nice crisp quality style in a proper full-blown generational game of Pokemon... Mm-hmm. It's what people have wanted for years. But then it was the same way whenever we played the 3DS and just how 
different it was whenever we battled you know that the pokemon would actually jump out of their you know pokeballs and then the camera would kind of pan around and yeah. then you would actually see the the pokemon like move to like hit because i think that's the thing as well is with x and y being the those first 3ds uh pokemon games they were the first ones that you had the proper sort of full-blown three yeah. dimensions of world mm-hmm. to run about in, um, which was so exciting at that time to think, right, this is the next step. I think that's why it probably still is, to this day on the 3DS, while it still is my favourite Pokemon game. Yeah, uh, Sun and Moon uh, definitely didn't do it for me. Anything like X and Y did. No. Okay. So it didn't. Um, Next one from five years then? Uh, yeah, well you pick one, I pick that. So you've got Gears of War Judgment, um, and then you've got Battlefield 4, because if we're going to talk about Last of Us and Grand Theft Auto at some stage. Because okay. we can talk about the Grand Theft Auto series at some stage. So Judgment, Battlefield... Or... Uh, Gears of War Judgment. I said Judgment. Yeah, Judgment, uh, Battlefield, or the PS4. Let's talk about PS4 then, just okay. so well, because Battlefield's out every year and all that sort of stuff. And I think we talked enough about Gears of War mm-hmm. in our E3 episode. Um, it feels like yesterday. It does, but we remember the hullabaloo about the pre-orders yes. for that and the fact that people pre-ordered the Solus ones and then Sony didn't send in that. And you either had to buy it with Killzone or Knack or Assassin's Creed. And then I can still picture to this day those in those bloody cages, you know, <laughs> that we used to have in Tesco's and whatever. Um, still in that, and people not happy about it, but people got their PlayStation, you know, and then the 500 gigabyte, now you've got the terabyte, now you've got the slim, now you've got different models, you know, you've got a pro. And I think what you also have to talk about with it being the anniversary of the PS4 is that this generation on the whole. Yeah. And where this generation has ended up from that kind of moment because of course everybody initially thought in the build up to this current generation we're in and the release of the PS4 and the release of the Xbox One was that PlayStation were going to have to pull something serious out of their backsides Mm -hmm. to counter what had happened in the previous generation you know it's quite well documented that Sony completely swung and miss with the PS3. Yes, PS3 had great games, was good graphics for the time, that sort of stuff. But the big thing for it was it opened expensive, so it did. Yeah. Took itself for granted, thought, right, we're the destination for games, and then Microsoft came in. Even with the whole Red Ring stuff with the 360, they captured a huge percentage of the audience You know, for gamers. So everybody was heading into this generation thinking, right, well, same as, really, isn't it? You know, everybody who's an Xbox person will be an Xbox person. Everybody who's been PlayStation will be PlayStation. And then the whole sort of... Your stuff's going to be not on a disc, but it is on a disc. But, it's but you on can't your, borrow it. It's on your console, but you have to have it be online yeah. for it to be able to play it. You have to have a connect. And then the overall cost of the console yeah. happened. And that very quickly shifted things in mm-hmm. Sony's direction and you just look at the numbers they've sold for the PS4 alone yep. is ridiculous so now we're in this sort of position now where we're five years into the life cycle of this generation there's a good chance within the next two years we will be seeing the new consoles for both Sony and Microsoft so we're in that flip point again mm-hmm. where some people came out of E3 
I didn't personally feel it coming out of E3, but people coming out of E3 are feeling that they think maybe Sony is lulling themselves into their past mistakes with the PS3. That the reason they only showed like five games or something like that at E3 is because they're overly confident in comparison to Xbox. Well, my argument would be. Well, Xbox basically showed all the third-party titles. Yeah, because their conference. Whenever they said we are the best place to play third-party games, mm-hmm. and so when you're like, okay, well, here's the games that are exclusive. Yeah, not world premiere or console, you know, launch exclusive. These are ones that are exclusive to us. You kind of have to take this year's E3 on the whole. Mm-hmm. Really, don't think of it as an Xbox conference and a PlayStation conference. Think of it as in the sense of, right. PlayStation Conference is them showing you, right, here's our first party stuff. You've already seen the third party stuff the day before. So you know as a consumer watching, whether you have an Xbox or whether you have a PlayStation, I'm going to get to play the vast majority of these games anyway. Yeah. So why should Sony at that stage waste so much time on, here's a few other third party games again that were showing the night before. Yeah. But... To kind of bring things right back round here again, the success of this generation of the PlayStation um, is fantastic. It is going to be extremely interesting to see where they go in this next generation of console. Mm-hmm. I'm not even just talking about just Sony. I'm talking about Xbox as well. Xbox kind of tipped their hat a wee bit at this year's E3 by talking about, you know, online cloud stuff and stuff now xbox one has been using cloud but in order for online play and storage of games and stuff like that which kind of sounds like creeping back towards what they originally had in mind for xbox one yeah um but i think as much for um because there's a shift to digital quite a bit mm-hmm. now i'm still very much a physical game i like a game that i can go and trade in if i want to sort yeah. of thing and get maybe a bit of money back on that game whereas digital it's on your computer yes you have it forever if you want it yeah but there's no trade-in value to that game really so there isn't um but it's it's very weird that it's already five years into its life whenever the ps4 first came out was you got a PS4 on launch, didn't you? Yes. That was the big reason for you getting a PS4 over an Xbox One was the price point. Was Because yes. I remember for £430, I got a PS4 with two controllers and Killzone. Whereas if I spent that on the Xbox, I would have got the Xbox. I wouldn't have got like an extra game. And you're game. talking your live or your anything yeah, like that. exactly. Yeah. Um, that was a key determining factor, I think, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So as now, yes... Maybe my starting life with my PS4 wasn't the smoothest because unfortunately I was one of the lucky ones, or should I say unlucky ones, that got, do you remember there was a small selection of the first batch that kind of got a funky screen on your TV, like pink lines and stuff like that? Um, It wasn't a crazy amount of numbers, but my PlayStation worked fine for a couple of days and then it just kind of, I'm not going to say, you know, SH1T itself bought the farm but I was like what the heck's happening I'm like is it is it HDMI lead is yeah. it what so I would I would try all these other things and I was like what the heck rang up Sony and eventually said it is known that there's a small batch so it had to go away and I got a new one sent to me so I did so my start in life with the PS4 wasn't overly smooth but um, 
on the whole, I think Sony have really nailed it this generation mm-hmm. for quality. It's far from over. Last of Us 2, of course, coming down the line. But I'd be shocked if we get much more this generation. Okay, well, before we move on to the 10 years, what has been your favourite PS4 moment? Ooh, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. See, I'm not going to say like Last of Us, mm-hmm. because technically a PS3 port. Yeah. HD up. Probably Uncharted 4 is up there for me as an all-round overall experience. Mm-hmm on the console um it's just is for people that have played the whole series it really did feel like of course uncharted's kind of been compared to indiana jones yeah or tim Rainer. and it's quite apt actually that i make this reference because there's four uncharted's and there's yes whether we like to deny it or not <laughs> folks there are four indiana jones movies and on total package Uncharted 4 really stuck the landing yeah because there's the whole epilogue bit at the end which considering the amount of hours you've spent with characters is very emotional and ties everything up nicely and does just leave the door ever so slightly ajar for the potential of the future you never know what about yourself Star Wars Battlefront Alright, okay, didn't, um, didn't expect that. I would probably say that because I remember watching that at um, whenever we were watching E3 together and they first announced that. And then um, whenever it came out, it was the first one I was going to get for Xbox and PlayStation. Um, at that stage, then I traded my PlayStation in to get the limited edition one yes. terabyte Darth Vader one. Um, and I remember playing the beta of Battlefront and absolutely loving it. Um, it is one that I played more on Xbox. Because I won a copy from Dave Prowse, Darth Vader himself. But I started off on PlayStation because I got a bundle with the game. Yes. Um, it is something now that, unfortunately, I would play my Switch more than I would my PlayStation. Xbox. Oh, sorry, your PlayStation. Or my Xbox. So I would play that more. But definitely it would be Star Wars Battlefront. I would have loved it to be like we had in the 360 where we played Mass Effect together. You that, know. that is one of my favourite experiences yeah. of at least modern gaming. Yeah. So it is, it would be too, and I think that probably maybe leads us nicely into one final point before we move on. Biggest disappointments of this generation of PlayStation. Andromeda probably has to be up there for me because I specifically went out, bought a PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. traded my original PS4 in, got a PS4 Pro because I was like, right. I never intended to get a PS4 Pro or anything like that, but I was just like, I was in a point where, you know, new job, etc. And I was just like, right, well, I can get this from a PS4, so with money on my gift card, it will cost me like £100 cash. Yeah. I was like, what the heck, let's go for it. And I think Dishonored 2 was around, out around that time as well, so I just thought, right, I want to play Dishonored 2, right, let's just go for it. And it had pro upgrades and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I just thought, right, It'll look nice and shiny for Andromeda when it came out. And I had those high hopes for Andromeda, not only in the story, but then the potential that there could be what we had with Mass Effect 3 mm-hmm. and the multiplayer. Apparently, and though, the multiplayer is meant to be very it's good. It's meant to be good. You know. But I think because it was kind of a letdown, yeah. it kind of took the shine off things, and we never got to that point where it was like we all mm-hmm. were there playing the game at yeah. the same time, which would have led mm-hmm. to the multiplayer. Um 
Anthem isn't going to do that, I think, because I'm not. I'm still not convinced by Anthem. But let us move on because we've actually spent like twenty minutes in okay. the opening segment. Right. So and we've probably far more iconic games to talk about. We have quite a few. Right. So tenth anniversary. You ready? Yes. Okay. Get your clickers ready, everybody. Left for Dead. Mm-hmm. Gears of War Two. Right. Fallout Three. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Force Unleashed. Okay. Grand Theft Auto 4. Ooh. We are trying not to say. I'm really? trying, aren't <laughs> yeah. I? Yeah, yeah. Mario Kart for the Wii. And, brilliant, brilliant. And Super Smash Bros. Brawl. <sighs> Some good games there. Okay, pick Some one. Some very good games. Um, you have Smash Bros., Mario Kart Wii, Grand Theft Auto 4, Force Unleashed. Right, so you was, can... Was you Brawl can, the one with Subspace Emissary? Brawl was the Wii version. Is that the one with the big story mode, though? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, keep that, then. Okay, so we're keeping that for, our next, for an episode down okay. the line. Right, okay. Keep going with us. Mario Kart Wii, Grand Theft Auto 4, Force Unleashed, Fallout 3, Gears 2, and Left 4 Dead. What do you fancy? I'll let you pick one. Uh, to talk about in a later date. Because that's what we did the last round. Okay, well, we'll talk about Mario Kart Wii. We'll make that a Wii episode, then. Okay, no worries. Cool. Okay, so, so you've got Grand Theft Auto 4, Force Unleashed, Fallout 3, Gears 2, Left 4 Dead. Uh, I'll go for uh, GTA. Okay. So, well. Okay. Um, again, I think this was very much around the early days of me starting working with you. Mm-hmm. So it was because Neil was still there at the store and all. And this there was always the joke of me and him saying, because there was the game radio at that time. Oh, God. And there was, and there was always the adverts that would be on every 15 or less minutes. That was when Game Radio was actually live and they had DJs, remember that? Yeah, I used that, to play in band, I'm a drummer. That lasted long. <laughs> um, but there would be that the adverts because it was in the build-up to GTA 4 come mm-hmm. out and because, of course, there's, you know, the characters are off. What is it? What, what, are, what country are they from again? I can't remember. But your stereotypical... Russian. Borat-style yeah. voice was portrayed by the voice actors within the game. <laughs> so the whole thing was... You know, Nico and his cousin Roman, and there would always be the joke going on between me and Neil going, My cousin, you know, <laughs> each other, you know, let's go bowling. I was going to uh, ask you if you didn't mention <laughs> I was going to say, Do you fancy going bowling after this? You know, let's go bowling. So, and this is the thing, right? Even to this day, we're 10 years on from this game, which is crazy. <laughs> um, even though me and Neil maybe don't text as much or yeah. talk as much or anything like that, when it comes up to our birthdays each time, it's guaranteed every single year we will message each other wishing each other happy birthday, be it on Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in that Facebook message will be happy birthday, my cousin. <laughs> so and everybody else will have zero clue. Only we know the end joke to that. And it still makes me laugh to yeah. this day because mm-hmm. it was such good fun with that. But getting to the game itself, it's... I don't know about you and your experiences from this, but this seems to be a slightly unloved GTA. I would... For me, it's one that I bought. It's actually over there. I actually bought because it's backwards compatible. And actually prefer 4 over 5. Ooh. Um, 5 is good, but I just think that 4... You know, with Roman messaging, asking if you want to go bowling, etc. Um, but for me, 4 is like... Everyone talks about Vice City 3. San Andreas, for me, is one of my least favourite Grand Theft Autos. Yeah, it's loved for so many. Yeah, but with 4, I don't think it's as appreciated as it is now. 
Um, I think with people maybe going back, I think if they were to port that and make that into the PS4 mm-hmm. or whatever, that was actually going to be my biggest disappointment for PS4, apart from Andromeda, would have been lack of backwards compatible games. That's, that yes, that's a good shape. But good with shape. Grand Theft Auto, um, for the fourth one, I, I really enjoyed playing it. And it's one that I've um, played since, you know, like I installed it in the Xbox, give it a go, and it's just like, oh, it doesn't take like, you know, 108 gig like, you know, <laughs> the other one does, but... It is one of those ones that, you know, it's a good game, but I think the fact that it's not set in the 80s or it's not set in, you know, a big city like with Five. Or it didn't have this very um, crazy character. And one thing I think as well that I'm like, right, when I see this uh, said about this game as a negative, mm-hmm. I'm like, you're really overanalyzing your games here a bit much. It's a bit like when we were talking about Die Hard there in the sense of, yes, it's not a perfect movie, but it's a perfect action movie. Yeah. And that, yes, you're not going to win Oscars or everything's not going to be great or 100% or as perfectly explained, maybe. That's probably the best thing, as perfectly explained as you may like. Mm-hmm. You know, a criticism people have of GTA 4 is the protagonist, Nico. Yeah. And they say that, you know, when he's in his kind of scenes, he's portrayed as this kind of calm guy who just wants to, you know, start a new life in America, you know, be honest, do his own thing, and then you can run out the door and shoot people or cause havoc or race about in a car. I'm like, it's a GTA game. You can't just... If you picked up a GTA game, right, and you wanted realism, Mm -hmm. you've got the wrong game. So you have... So if you want... You know, realism between your character and then the actions you can there do with said character. So you're basically saying to me, right, Nico's portrayed as this guy who just wants to do the honest work and, you know, get by and, you know, build himself up in America. So you want to walk out the door after that cutscene's over and just walk over to the local diner or something like that and cook in a restaurant or whatever, that sort of thing? (laughs) No, I don't think so. You want to be able to go nab a chopper, fly about, you know, Liberty City, all those sort of things. And I think that's another thing with GTA 4 is it was the return to Liberty City. Mm -hmm. So you got to see it in its full kind of, at this moment, next-gen glory in comparison to 3. But I think GTA 4 is so underrated and unloved because a lot of the story... I find really, really cool as well. Like some of the crazy over the top stuff. Like, can't remember the name of the character, but uh, it's like the weightlifting dude, and mm-hmm. you have to do all these crazy missions with him because he wants to impress his, you know, potential girlfriends and stuff like that. And of course, that nowadays would be looked and frowned upon yeah. and stuff like that. But it's GTA. Or isn't they, one, But it's GTA. They don't care. Isn't there one that you get a guy and you put him in the trunk and then you have to take him to one of those, the car crushers? Something like that. And then you just leave him there and you just stand out and watch the car crush him and mission complete. No. But, though, I enjoy it as well because Belfast even gets a reference in mm. it. Completely for wrong reasons and <laughs> bad reasons, folks. Um, but it's like the bank heist mission towards the end. That's or right, that's right. Which is kind of like an homage in itself to Heat. Yeah. Uh, so it is where that you're running along and you're with, was it, is it Paddy McCreary or something like that? I think it's the character. He's like, oh, this reminds me of the time back in Belfast. And you're like, oh, jeez, boys. <laughs> please don't. None of that, please. Um, and I said about that, the better. <laughs> um, 
Wikipedia is not totally reliable, folks. Please do not believe everything American. Don't educate yourself by Wikipedia. Or Grand, um, Theft, Auto. <laughs> or Grand Theft Auto, for that matter, yeah. But as a mission, I really, really enjoy that mission because it's just you're walking through the streets, you've heisted the bank. I think that mission was what kind of inspired GTA Five mm-hmm. and where it's online would end up going in terms yeah. of the heist missions and things. So I think a lot of credit has to go to GTA Five. Mm-hmm. I think as well with the likes of the Lost in the Damned and the Ballad of GTA Five, GTA Four, and the Ballad of Gay Tony. Obviously, you had land of bikers kind of missions, and then you had obviously something that would hark back to Vice City. You know, like in the kind of the eighties kind of era. So I played them. The Lost in the Damned one I really enjoyed. Um, Which is quite funny because that character that you play in Lost the Dam gets like killed in GTA Five by Trevor. Oh, mate, spoilers! <laughs> I, don't um, think, I don't think it's that. But important. yeah, Grand Theft Auto Four for me is certainly the unloved child of the um, of the Grand Theft Auto universe. Yes, um, I would agree with you there. Right. So for Your my choice. one, I will actually go for Star Wars Force Unleashed. Oh, right, we're changing um, things, are we? Yeah. Well, I decided to go for that one because I remember the first one, obviously. Um, David Collins did the music and stuff for that, and, and yeah, and then Sam Witwer obviously was the voice for and yeah, and, model yeah, and uh, whose name I can't remember, but I remember it being this first, this being the first like Star Wars. Were you game. trying to name the character? Were you sorry? Yeah, Galen um, Marrick. Okay, well, thank you for that. Um, so obviously we see him and you're able to run around, swing a lightsaber, you're able to use the force and things like that. And I think this was the first one that wasn't a Star Wars game that had a title, you know, like Revenge of the Sith or something like that, where you were able to do that. Obviously with the likes of, say, what what was the N64 one called? Rogue Squadron, was it? Rogue Squadron, yeah. Okay, so with the likes of that, you weren't a Jedi, you were, you were running around with a blaster. So I enjoyed that. I remember, I think it was you and I got the second one. And then I completed it in like an afternoon. It was such a disappointment. Yeah, compared to the first one. That was where they got greedy. Yeah. But as the, the first Force Unleashed was extremely popular. The story, um, for me, still holds up. Looking yeah. back at it, yeah. um, I went, I've went back and played it. Um, not, Games, not a crazy long game time ago. backwards compatible, so I have it on the Xbox. Not too long ago. Now, graphically, is it the best? Now, looking no. back at it, oh, far from it. It really hasn't aged too well. But the story is good, and it is still a character mm-hmm. in Sam Witwer's Galen Mark that is talked about to this day. Yeah. Because, uh, number one, he obviously has that Starkiller name, which was the original name for Luke, uh, in George Lucas's penmanship of the original trilogy. But the character is still talked about. Wouldn't it be cool that if they did, like... A reimagining of the character or something like that and brought them back into canon and stuff like that i think it's more in the hope that like sam whitwer has something yeah uh that he can visually be within star wars and stuff uh possibility for their tv show down the line you never know um but the story i find really enjoyable uh the first one which made as you say the second one such a disappointment because mm-hmm. it's all, oh this has been really popular this is great look here's the second one and you got all these amazing trailers for the second yep. one as mm-hmm. well it was like of him like taking two lightsabers and stabbing a rancor through the head in like this big stadium coliseum much like thor ragnarok setting, if you actually think about it kind of like this big funky, funky stadium too many quick time events um, and not not thor yeah, ragnarok that, that was that was that was one issue with them but as you say you were able to complete it in like an afternoon and it turned out eventually it came out that they kind of decided right we'll kind of split these 
here, you know, and make two games instead of one total game. And then because the second one failed, they just pulled the plug. Oh, I did not know one, that. And the third one never happened. Oh, so it's kind of the way, like, nowadays you'll get a game and there'll be things cut out and it'll be like, you need to buy the season pass for that? Yes, it was very early stages of that sort of thing. So it was... But I think this is the first one, at least, is a game that is what has people clamouring for a proper kind of story-driven, single-player mm-hmm. Star Wars game of yeah. this generation yeah. of console, which I think is why a lot of people were disappointed when they like the Amy Hennig-helmed Star Wars game kind of got panned and tossed to the side by EA. Um, because, of course, she has a background in Naughty Dog and Uncharted yeah. and stuff, so that got people's hopes up. But... From right. E3, of course, we're told we're getting one. We shall see. Okay, so we only have five things here for 15th anniversary. Okay. So we have Mario Kart Double Dash. Right. The original Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Right. The Win- uh, Zelda Wind Waker. Okay. And the Game Boy Advance SP. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, so I would like... Uh, let me guess... Chris wants to put aside for a future episode. Um, let me see. Oh, Wind Waker. Call of Duty. What? No, Wind Waker, yes. <laughs> Call of Duty, yeah, right. Catch um, yourself on. Right, okay. Okay, there's SP. SP, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, Call of Duty, and Mario Kart Double Dash. Because you could do Mario Kart Double Dash in with Mario Kart Wii and Smash Brothers. Okay. Well, we've already talked about Pokemon, so we'll leave okay. we'll leave Ruby and Sapphire okay. inside. So we will. What one do you want to um, bank then? Go again. Go again. <laughs> Game Boy Advance SP, Pokemon Ruby Sapphire, Call of Duty Double Dash. I'll tell you what. You do you want to put Double Dash in for with Zelda? Well, yeah, we could do it that way. Because it was talk- that sort of time. Okay, that's fine. So it was, so, uh, let me see, I'll talk about the SP. Okay, well, we'll both talk about the SP because I don't want to talk about uh, Ruby and Sapphire isn't a game that I've really played and we've already talked about okay. Pokemon. And I don't want to talk about Call of Duty, so... That's uh, fine. That's fine. <laughs> no so, worries. yeah, we will talk about the uh, Game Boy Advance SP. Well, I think if we're talking about the SP, we have to talk about another thing. Which is what? Uh, and that is just the advanced in general. That advanced era off uh, consoles and as Chris produces a Game Boy Advanced SP very nice and it's NES and it's NES setup so yeah Game Boy Advanced SP I still have mine kicking about somewhere Chris is on a hunt around the room now he's trying to find things I know I have games but I have no idea where they are and I can't be bothered hunting for them I thought they were up there but they're not Game Boy Advanced SP is still one that I have prominently in my room uh, for playing games, you know, original Game Boy games and advanced games. But the story that led to the SP, Chris, mm-hmm. because Nintendo, in their infinite wisdom, always has these hiccups. Uh, the Wii U is not an isolated case. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's not an isolated case either, if you want to say Boy, that. all those sort of things across the years. But... Everybody's very excited. The original Game Boy has been a huge success. Spawned the Game Boy Color. It's like, what will we do next? Oh, we'll release another one with a bit more power. Great. Okay, Game Boy Advanced. They wanted to obviously <laughs> keep it a certain size. 
wanted it to still run on AA batteries at the time. We were not at the stage of, of course, these lithium batteries that we have yep. on our phones and our yep. portable stuff nowadays. So they wanted AA batteries to last as long as possible. That's not going to happen if you have a built-in backlight like everything has nowadays. <laughs> so Nintendo made the decision to release the console with no backlight and it was a terrible decision. <laughs> it so was, because how many of those little... It's almost like whenever you're trying to read in bed and you have like those little things that clip onto the top of the book and it's like a little torch. These unsightly things. And then you have that on top of it and it just looks like a worm has just impregnated your Game Boy and it's just sitting there on top of it and you're like, you can't play it, you can't play it in bed because you can't see it. And then if you do that, then if you move that a certain way, then you can't see that either. Joe, one of the worst things when trying to play the Game Boy Advanced is in the evening time in the car yeah and you're driving along and, and you're desperately leaning up against the window trying to sit, use the street lights <laughs> to play your game so you're playing it in like five second bursts so you don't like fall off a cliff or something if you're like playing a Mario game or something like that um, but that is definitely an era of Nintendo where I felt slightly conned oh yes yeah, yeah. Um, course yes not to bring age up again but i was probably at the stage well what, what was it 15 years you're saying yeah. so i would have been 12 going 13 at this stage so just so just started uh secondary school or high school for our <laughs> high school um Hi. and i had got a game boy advance not too long after release and then we have this failure of the screen and then the SP gets announced. And I remember, I think it was announced probably at an E3 or something like that. Because I remember this was still the times, folks, where you had to like read magazines and all for, oh, your, for yeah. your game announcements. And I remember reading a game in magazine that I got because I was um, up on the North Coast during the summer with my father, relaxing. And he would always say, you know, right, okay, go and get your magazine for the week or whatever. And... I would go, and it would always be a game magazine, and I was reading through it, and I saw an advert for the SP that was coming out in the coming months, and I was in that sort of stage where I was like, I kind of admitted to my dad that the Advanced had been a bit of a failure because of the light, but I was still trying to maintain pride mm-hmm. in yeah. not wanting him to say, oh, I told you, and blah, blah, you know, mm-hmm. as dads can do, uh, even though they know what's right. Um... And I was like, Dad, um, there's this new Game Boy coming out. Would there be any possible chance of getting this? And he was like, how much is that? I think it was maybe like 130-ish at the time, like 129.99 or something like that. And he was like, what does it do that the other one didn't? And I was like, it has a light. <laughs> <laughs> and it folds over. Yeah, right? and it folds closed. And he was like, um, no. <laughs> I did eventually get it. But it took some serious coaxing. So that's my memories, at least in terms of getting it's it. It's funny whenever you think, whenever you say about that, and the original Game Boy was like a block, and yes. then the other one folded over, and then they brought out the 3DS, which folded over, and then the 2DS, which was a block. Yeah. So they kind of went polar opposites. Now, I remember... I was and now we're back to a block with the Switch, technically. Yeah, so I we're going to get a folding Switch eventually. We probably will do, which will be slimmer. Um, I remember working in Extravision, 
and I remember distinctively that every time I had to do stock count, there was always three of these, and there was the Game Boy Advance SP, the Zelda ones. Yes. Um, I remember those. Um, like gold dust. Yeah, and there was then the tribal ones because then I'd worked for a Game at the point, and then we were training like the tribal yeah, ones. Yeah, do you want to look really cool on a Game Boy? Fake tattoos. Yeah, fake tattoos, <laughs> and then the probably the Nintendo one. And then they just did different colours. And then obviously after that, they brought out the the micro, which was horrible. Um, But for me, obviously, I think that the likes of... um, I remember getting the Super Mario Advance, which was Mario 3, the Japanese version of it, which I still have somewhere. Um, I still have that I asked my parents for for my birthday. So I got it from Play Asia sent over. So that was probably my big Game Boy Advanced. The SP moment was playing on that and then just being able to play that, even though it's and whatever, but whenever it's portable, you're going on a car journey with your parents, I'll stick that on. I'm not needing to use the street lights. I can just use this, use the car lighter and things like that for it. But um, the SP is probably, and again, like one of those because everyone goes Game Boy, the original four yeah. AA batteries, then the color, and then people will go, well, the talk about you know the game boy you know like but they'll not talk about the, like, the sp or the micro just what all the game it's, boy the sp is one i fondly look back on so oh yeah it is because it is it is nintendo's first step there's so many as you kind of say hints to the future mm-hmm. with nintendo in this little machine like you mentioned the flipping uh it's the first time nintendo ever put a proper lithium battery in something so that you actually charged it rather than putting you know, irreplaceable AA batteries into yeah. it and stuff. Um, the clamshell, the whole flip close. Well, whenever we got Pokemon uh, Far Red and Leaf Green, that we had yep. the you had like the wireless thing, but obviously before that you had the wire the wired thing the where cable. you could battle that way Link as well. Cable. Yeah, so you, you know, and don't forget as well that in a sense. Um, Nintendo were the first ones that allowed us to take selfies with the Game Boy camera. And printer. Which again came back in the DS. Yeah. Wow. Moving on then. Okay, so 20th anniversary. Okay, now this one goes a bit longer. Okay. Um, one of the ones I was talking about, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Okay. Okay, I know which one you're going to talk about. And <laughs> um, what you, is this one I'm going to save or actually going to talk you're about? Gonna save about? You're going to save about uh, Ocarina of Time. Okay. Half-Life. Oh dear. The original know. Metal Gear. Right. Pokemon Red and Blue, okay. Rainbow Six, X Men vs Street Fighter, Gran Turismo, Parasite Eve, Yoshi's Story, mm. Resident Evil Two, the Dreamcast console, and Banjo Kazooie. Whoa! <laughs> uh, there is some Whoa. heavy, heavy hitters in there's there. There's serious heavy. There's hitters heavy in hitters there. in there, so there is. Oh, like, this is rough because there's two of my favourites in there, especially. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Pick two that you want to talk about because the twenty fifth, I only have three, and we've already talked about one of them. Right. Okay. So. So you pick pick two that you want to talk about in a future show, and then pick okay, one you want to talk um, about now. So you have Resident Evil, Parasite Eve. Gran Turismo, X Men vs. Street Fighter, Banjo Kazooie. I know that it's going to yeah, be one yeah, you're going yeah, to bank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he knows, he knows. Yeah. Uh, Rainbow Six, Pokemon Red and Blue, which we've kind of already talked about. Yeah, there's no point talking Metal about Metal Gear, Half Life, Ocarina of Time, Dreamcast, and Rogue Squadron. I'm going to bank, bank the Dream 
podcast for a later because okay. I have a lot of this is hard. About. This I is know. hard. I know. Um, because like so, Ocarina definitely could be it would be deserving of a show. Okay. Um, well, that's something that we could put Ocarina in. I will save Ocarina of Time, and we can talk about that on Wind Waker together. Okay. No and worries. sounds good. That's fine. You pick your other one then, and then we'll pick one to talk Quickly about. Quickly go through them one more time. <laughs> it's just it's so hard. Resident Evil Two. Right. Uh, which we will save because we're just saving a load no, here no Resident Evil 2 will because do whenever they, remake, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yoshi's Story Parasite Eve Gran Turismo X-Men vs Street Fighter Rainbow Six Pokemon Red and Blue Metal Gear Half-Life Rogue Squadron save Yoshi save Yoshi right which would you like to talk about now? you need to buy it sure okay I will talk about the original Metal Gear um, the reason why is, Jake! well, kind of like that, but the reason why is because <laughs> I have so many fond memories of this. I remember buying the, I was working at the time in a little shop called WizKids. That wow. was That was in the flagship center in Bangor. I remember that. And uh, that's where I worked. And I bought the Metal Gear Solid premium package, which was the first, like, collector's edition of a game that I had bought which included a poster uh, a t-shirt and some other paraphernalia which I don't don't really remember Um, I have a couple of stories about this the first story is whenever I went around to a friend's um, to play this game not because he had the game because I had the game and I went round and I brought the discs with me in a CD case as you do and there's a part where a snake is talking to Meryl and Meryl says is it Meryl? There's one of the characters, I think it's Meryl, says, my combination is on my phone. Or is it on the back of the box? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have the box. So then, this is obviously before mobile phones are here, and my friend had a mobile, or had a phone in his house, because he had the internet at stage. So I had to phone my sister and say, on my bed is a case for Metal Gear Solid. I need you to go and get me that and call me out the number. So what does my sister do? <laughs> she reads out the barcode. Uh. So she goes five oh seven, and I was like, "What?" I said, "Is this is is there a like a picture with two people?" And I went, "No, it's like black and white bars." And I went, "No, that's the barcode." <laughs> if you look where the picture sisters. is, sisters. If you see the picture, you'll see like one three nine point six. And yeah. she went, "Oh, it's this." And I went, "Put this in, Chris." So she went, "All right, thanks," and hung up. So. um Another fond memory is whenever you get to the boss Psychomantis mm-hmm. and you're, um, he reads your mind in inverted commas. Reading your mind is reading your memory card. So if you had any Konami yes, save I games, in, I had Castlevania on this. And I remember at the time we used to play a game called Poi Poi, which I'll have to show you at some stage because it's one of those ridiculous multiplayer games I've ever played in my life. But it was such fun. And he says, you're like Castlevania, don't you? And I was freaked out by this. I was like, <laughs> how does he know that I'm playing this? You know, um, and whenever you're playing it, you're trying to beat him, but he can read where you're going. And I was like, I have no idea how to beat this guy. So we took the controller out and put it in a port two, and he can't read your mind. But I don't know what you're doing. I can't read your mind. And that's what you had to do in order to beat him. Um, my friend Brian had uh, one of those PlayStations that... Whenever, um, if you were to put a spring on the pointy part of the lid 
and the thing you could actually play imported you could play yeah. like Japanese games so my PlayStation was chipped um, yes um, it was modified uh, don't <laughs> sue me it's fine um, and he was playing Metal Gear Solid and he had the Japanese version right so how you managed to play Japanese version I don't know but there was a part wherever you went down the stairs and it said insert disc 2 he couldn't do that because oh dear. so what he had to do is he had to save the game come round to my house put the disc in walk down the stairs save it change the disc over which meant that whenever he went home he was able to then play the game <laughs> um, which was something that fascinated me but I then remember having the GameCube version of it. Uh, now, I completed the game multiple times. I got the bandana, which gave you infinite ammo, and the... No, the bandana made you invisible. It was the tux, I think, that gave you infinite ammo. It's one or the other. Anyway, you could only put one on at a time. Yeah. So, on the where you had the rations and stuff, you were able to use like your bandana and stuff. Um, but the GameCube version, which was like an, a remake of it, like an HD remake, it was, I couldn't even get off where um, the spotlights are. That was just ridiculous for me. I just find that like, they really just, it's like Crash Bandicoot now that they like upped the difficulty of it like a million over 9,000, as Dragon Ball Z fans hey. would say. Um, but um, it's, I loved the first one. I really enjoyed the second one to a point. The third one I didn't like, and the fourth one, like, and the other one, the Phantom Pain one, I haven't played really. I've got it on the Xbox because it's free with Games of Gold, but I haven't really given a fair crack of the whip. Yeah. Um, but for me, Metal Gear Solid, the first one, it was just like an epitome of my college years because, well, yeah, I would have been, I would have been twenty round then, so that's whenever I was, I was hanging out with my mates playing these games and that for me was just the epitome of a single player game done right done differently fair enough there were some weird moments in it like uh, you that's know that's Kojima for you uh, that is like you look at Death Stranding now but you know like he doesn't um, do games simply but for me it was a really and to ha- still have those memories 20 years on as well not that I'm senile by any stretch of imaginations, Eric. Or Um But yeah, um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, um, but yeah, for me, just one of the all-time great, especially PS One experience for me. What about you, Alan? I never played it. Okay, right, let's move on. Yeah. Well, actually, to be honest, we probably should move on because we're rambling quite a bit here at the moment. So we are. Okay, right. Well, what we'll do then is we'll go. Well, ignore the 25th one. That was Star Fox, Kirby's Adventures, and Disney's Aladdin. I would talk far too much about Star exactly. Fox. So, so we'll save that for another day. We will. I will go blitz through these, and we will. I know we will talk about one definitely and one perhaps. For 30 <laughs> years, we have Super Mario Brothers 3. Mm-hmm. We have Mega Man 2 and Altered Beast. Right. For 35 years, we have the original Super Mario Brothers Punch-Out!, and 40 years Space Invaders. So, okay. Mario 3. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of the given. Even so. if you wanted to just talk about the original Super Mario Brothers right now, and then we can just... Or if you want to bank that and then do a Mario special. We'll do a Mario special. Okay. I have a funny film we already have done that. But yeah, yeah, probably. But okay. Um, well, I mean, okay, right. Well, going on from that to... To end this now, because obviously we've talked about them, what would be a game in 20 years' time that you will look back on fondly? Okay, you can pick five games 
from the last. You can pick five games up to the... See, I'm, t- I'm terrible for off the top of my head stuff. It's... Okay. Well, I'll tell you what then. How about you think about that? Yes. And then the next game episode we do, we talk about... We our talk about like our that we think will if we had a if we had a gaming capsule that we were to put five games in for twenty years down and the send line. Send yourself twenty years in the future. And they'd be like, How do I play this on this? How do I play this cartridge on this Xbox? How does this work? So you'll yes, be, you'll be saying that. Anyway. That is your homework. <laughs> that is your homework, you cheeky scamp from the last time is just um think of five games from we will go from. Do you want to go from the Xbox 360 upwards? Yeah, yeah. That's okay, so I'll go Xbox 360, PS3, GameCube, Wii, Wii U, Xbox One, PS4, and I suppose you would be allowed a Switch game as well. I suppose then this is as good an opportunity as anything to open it up to the listeners as well. Yes, exactly, yeah. Um, so we will do this in a future episode. So we will, it might be towards the end of the summer because we have plenty planned and there's tons going on because we'll end up, of course, talking about uh, London Film Comic Con when Chris gets back from it, um, all the crazy stories that are going to happen there. Um, but if you want to, folks... Send us in your five games from recent generations that you would like to kind of put in a little time capsule and send forward in time to uh, bestow upon yourself or the world um, because they are so iconic or you enjoyed them so much. Please send those in to us on Twitter at RetroshockPod. Our uh, direct messages are open there. On Facebook, just search Operation Retroshock. Or you can contact either of us. I'm at Alan GWPC. He's at Vento316. Or you can email Chris on... Vento316 at gmail.com. The only proviso is it cannot be a game before the year 2000. Okay. That's, so that's if you're unsure, sure. just type in, you know, your game. So say you're going to go for Gran Turismo. You know that it's 20 years. So you could not go for that one then. <laughs> so, yeah, it has to be... For, it, it has to be a mature adult. It has to be 18 years. Exactly. Um, but yes, we'd love to have your input on that because the last one of these that we did was really cool. The whole Marvel breakdown and rundown of ranking. Um, I think that was a combination of subject matter and timing was fantastic for that one. Uh, but it would be interesting to hear what everybody has to say uh, of what games they'd send into the future as well. If you don't play games, Mr. Mike Lacey... Ask your kids. Ask your kids what are their favourite games. What are games that they would want to play 20 years down the line with their kids. Something like that. Perfect. Sounds good to me. So yes, I know we kind of curtailed a video game talk there fairly quickly when it got uh, and to the here, ones. It was Alan that did it. Not me. I it was know, Alan. I know. I did that. I did that. But typical us got rambling. Time ran a wee bit long on that front. <laughs> um, and... There is much to do in the podcasting world for us. So thank you all very much for listening, everybody. This has been episode 119. We've already told you all the many ways that you can get in contact with us. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or any of the other lovely podcasting places that you can uh, listen to us. Send us a screen capture, all that sort of lovely stuff. We would very much appreciate to see any nice things you have to say about the show. Plus, it helps to promote the show and move it up those crazy algorithmic charts and stuff like that that other people might 
discover the show as well. So you'd be helping us all out on that front. So yes, um, we're not going to tell you what's going to be on next episode because so much stuff is going on at the moment that we could tell you one thing and it could completely change. <laughs> uh, so it could... Just like this episode where Chris pulled this one on me. But here wasn't it was a good, good surprise. Yes, it was yes, good exactly. fun. Yes, exactly. it was a nice surprise. Yeah. Um, we will be getting to CW over the summer at some point. But I've been Alan Price. He's been Chris Fent. Say bye-bye, Chris. I have been Chris Fent and I will always be Chris Fent. And until the next time, wherever I'll be Chris Fent, I'll see you later. Bye from Chris Fent. He's Chris Fent. I am. Um.